0: The following program is brought to you by Podcast One Sportsnet. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. That's right. College basketball dream podcast edition number nine already. That means we've already been doing this thing for more than a month. It is officially March. The madness is here. Some smaller conference tournaments start up this week. We still have a week left of the major conferences as far as the regular season goes. And then another uh, obviously Conference Tournament Week the following week. So we'll get you started on this podcast, again, with all the games that are tipping Monday through Thursday, at least all the biggest games of the week, at your top highly ranked teams, and the games that we have a strong opinion on. As always, I'm Brad Powers. Got A.J. Hoffman in Houston. What, what is the vibe in Houston after college game days in town? One of the biggest home games in the history of Houston, or at least in the last 20, 25 years, and they get beat outright. Right? the UCF what's the vibe there this morning or on Sunday
1: yeah it was rough yesterday for UH fans but that was a that was a, a home run spot for Central Florida they needed a win uh to really secure themselves in the tournament and you know UH is, is just kind of going through the motions right now they've been dominant and it's it's hard to get up for every game and this was a, a bad one to let slip I guess
0: And that's AJ Hoffman, Sleepy J's here, always on the producer controls. But before we talk the upcoming games, we got to first recap how we did on the latest podcast. Hit it up, Sleepy. Hi, I'm Brad Powers. Uh, Best bet, a little complicated. I think some of you pushed. Most of you lost. I had Kansas State. Uh, I'll count the most of you lost that one. So best bet record now falls to five and three sleepy. I think my, my best, my bets, my dinner bets with you guys. I think I went two and one. I had Tennessee and Utah state and lost. You did well with uh, your, your Michigan bet over me. I had Maryland AJ Hoffman. How'd you do this past week?
1: Uh, my third straight bet, best bet loss drops me to three and five on my best bets. Not a good thing. I'm in. I'm in the midst of one of the worst weeks I've ever had handicapping college basketball. Ten, twenty-two, and one over the last seven days. It doesn't get much worse than that. And I'm. Uh, I'm actually kind of laying low until the, I get into some conference tournament games. I, I just don't have a great feel for what's going on right now, apparently. And I've had some heartbreaking losses. So uh, just. I mean, it's obviously we're in a results business, and I, and I'm not getting them right now. But uh, I, I got. I'm taking a step back. I had to actually. Uh, I had to make that walk today, and with the envelope and and pay the man today. So it wasn't a good day for uh, <laughs> no, for old AJ Hoffman down here in Houston. No, it's it not. was. A, it was a th- a thick envelope too. That's the worst. Yeah,
0: part. yeah. You can deal with the the lightly ones, but the the big ones when they, when there's a wad in there, that definitely hurts. Sleepy, how'd you do? Best bet.
2: Best bet was a winner. Had Michigan, so uh, that was that was good for me. Dinner bets. I don't think I did all that well. I'm pretty sure I owe you a couple of dinners here. I don't know if AJ owes me uh, for Michigan. Somebody owes me a dinner, but I owe I think, you for Michigan. I think I owed you guys a couple of dinners last week, so I'm definitely in the whole dinner bets. My my likes didn't do all that well, so uh, overall, it wasn't a great week. But I was just happy that Michigan came through because if that failed, I'd have been miserable today.
0: Well, at least we got one winner on the podcast. Try to do better for you guys moving forward. And speaking of moving forward, let, let's just hit it here with the games we'll start off with the monday games So number two virginia at syracuse we actually have an overnight line on this one i predicted this line on the money i usually send over the projected lines uh several hours before uh they open up at least for the sunday nights and again guys as always we are taping on sunday evening previewing all the monday through thursday games virginia seven point Road favorite at Syracuse looks like me and AJ got a little bit of a split decision here. Nothing strong, uh, both with leans. I'll let AJ, uh, hit it up. What say you, Mr. AJ Hoffman?
1: All right. Virginia now kind of in control of their own destiny. If they win out, they win the, uh, the ACC tournament or they win the ACC regular season title. And probably, uh, a one seed in the NCAA is they still haven't lost to anyone not called Duke. And, uh, Duke remains the only top 20 win Syracuse can claim. They're, They're one and five straight up, two and four against the spread against top 20 Ken Palm teams. And Virginia just won their sixth straight. They're five and one against the spread since that second Duke loss, including road wins at Virginia Tech, at North Carolina, and at Louisville, all teams that are rated higher than Syracuse. Uh, Cuse is 17th in the country in adjusted defense, but since conference play began, they're giving up six more points per hundred possessions, so they're the seventh most efficient defense in the ACC since conference play started. So their defense that kind of buoys their, uh, their overall numbers, not as good once they've been in conference play. And obviously Virginia, uh, uh, the most efficient offense and defense in the ACC. They've got the second most efficient defense in the country. Overall Syracuse relies on turning teams over. They're the best at the, in the ACC at doing it, but Virginia protects the ball. They've got the second lowest turnover per possession number in the conference. And while UVA doesn't shoot a ton from outside, typically they are 41% from three-point range in conference play. They can shoot it. Syracuse, 1-4 and four against the spread in their last five games off a straight-up win and 0-4 oh and against the spread uh, in their last four home games versus winning teams. Virginia's 2-0 and oh straight up and against the spread on one-day rest, and both these teams played yesterday on Saturday, and we'll be right back at it on Monday. It's a lean on Virginia for me. I think that they're going to shoot over that zone and, and just – they, they're not going to give Syracuse free possessions like a lot of teams do.
0: I hear you, AJ. Solid handicap that on that one. I'm on the other side, but a lean only on Syracuse here plus the seven. First, I, I do have to talk Virginia. Again, Virginia just doesn't get enough respect in the marketplace. Everyone reacts, or I should say overreacts, to Virginia's troubles in the NCAA tournament. But my goodness, you take out the two losses against Duke, and I get it. That, I mean, that was their two high-profile games. But against everybody else, Virginia's 26-0 and straight up, obviously. But more importantly for this podcast, 21-5 and against the number. Incredible numbers for the Cavaliers, especially a team that was a one-seed a year ago. Here's why I'm leaning more towards the Syracuse size. I mean, it should be an emotional game for them to return five starters from last year. They've been very good on senior day the last 15 years. or twelve and 3 straight up and against the spread. AJ mentioned that Virginia's performed well already this year only having one day's rest and traveling North Carolina being a, a big win for them in that role. But typically I think long-term it's obviously a, a disadvantage in my opinion, if you're the road team on one day's rest, just a lean for me on Syracuse plus the seven. Uh, again, AJ's a lean on Virginia minus the seven. Any closing thoughts on this one? I, I didn't have a really particularly strong handicap here.
1: No, I, I mostly I, I lean with Virginia because I don't want to bet against them right now. I mean, that team is just uh, on a different level. And they went out in a game, you know, yesterday that you would have, you would have understood had they slept walk through a pit game and they beat them by 24 points the game before that. You'd understand if they slept walk through a game against Georgia Tech, you No, know, beat them by 30 points. I mean, they're just, they're laying the, the wood to teams right now. And, and not, I mean, literally every team besides Duke, I mean, they are they are just going out and smashing teams by by double digits night in and night out, and I, I just don't know if Syracuse is the kind of team that I can see slowing them down. So it's just I I don't want to lay that number, but I definitely don't want to get in the way of that train.
0: Yeah, uh, and, and I again, I think it's going to come down to the three point shooting. I mean, Virginia is number one in the country in three point shooting defense, and then the question is, can Virginia you know shoot over the zone or over the top? Because Virginia, I mean Syracuse. On the other end, it's pretty good when it comes to three-point shooting defense. Again, recapping it, lean on Virginia for A.J. Lean, Syracuse for Brad Powers. Overnight line, seven. Moving along, other big Monday game. Texas at number 11, Texas Tech. Do have an overnight line on this one. Right now, Texas Tech around an eight-and-a-half-point home
2: favorite. Wow, we're starting off strong here. All right, Sleepy. Best bet on this one. Who you on? I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take Texas Tech minus the 8.5 for my best bet. No music needed here, guys. Texas Tech, they have an elite defense as they rank number three overall. This team is just so hard to score points on when they play at home. Tech right now sitting on like the 2-3 line. I think that Michigan State loss might have them focused. Maybe they think they can get that two seed. I personally think they can. I think this is a game if they pull this win out here uh, that they'll probably be stuck in that spot there. Big rivalry game, obviously. Motivation shouldn't be an issue here for the Red Raiders. Texas Tech. I think they have a big advantage inside. They lost the rebound battle last time these teams played. I think they win the rebound battle here. Far better at block shots, obviously. This team ranks somewhere around like 26th in the nation. Last home game, I think that helps their motivation here. Also, Kerwin Roach, Texas guard, he probably is going to be out there. Talk about he may come back, maybe for the Big 12 tournament, but I'm not certain he's going to play here. If he doesn't, that will obviously be hurtful. I really think I get the better team. I get the motivation, the final regular home season game. I get the better team with the better stats here, all in my favor. I really like Texas Tech here. I think they blow the Longhorns out. Texas Tech, my best bet, minus the 8.5. You're
0: going to get disagreement from both A.J. and myself. I'll let A.J. lead it off. Nothing strong, but both A.J. and myself lean on the dog here. Why are you leaning with the horns, A.J.?
1: Yeah, it's a. I mean, Sleepy's got a good cap, and, and Texas Tech is obviously the, the better team. That, that part is not in question, in my opinion. But Texas got that much-needed win over Iowa State. Now, I guess before I get into this, would you say Texas is safely in now mm. with that win over Iowa State? Uh,
0: I don't know. I, they can't lose out. I mean, they're only, what, 16 and 13? I mean, they lose their next three games. I mean, that put them 500. I mean, I'm counting the conference tournament. I still think they need a win or two.
1: Uh, honestly, they, their offense looks better without Kerwin Roach. It has. Uh, yeah. I mean, the, the the guys the guys that they've had filling in, Jace Febris, and uh, I mean, these guys are are really stepping up. Febris hit what, eight three pointers in that game uh, yesterday. That that team looks more efficient offensively. They shot the ball well yesterday. Sixty percent from three, 55 percent from the field. This is, they Texas has almost all year long been the worst three point shooting team in the in the uh, Big Twelve. Over their last three games, they've shot 48%. They've jumped three spots, so they're no longer the, the bottom of the barrel of the Big 12 shooting. They're just shooting really well and kind of playing you know, better without Kerwin Roach. They've covered eight of their last nine, six and two against the spread on the road in conference. Tech's been covering lately, too. They, they've beat the spread seven of the last nine. They've won their last five home games, and this is why it's a lean, by an average of 21.5 points per game. And that includes the close call against Oklahoma state. That was just sort of out of nowhere. So still counting that, that four point win, they're still averaging a 21 and per game win in their last five home games. They're still in a tie for first in the big 12. They've got the tougher schedule down the stretch between them and Kansas state. Uh, Texas worst loss in conference play though has been by seven points. They're five and one against the spread as a road dog. They hang around with these conference opponents. And, uh, Eight and a half is a pretty big number. Say, I, I don't think I'm going to. Uh, I don't think I'm going to fade Texas Tech here, but I, I lean towards Texas.
0: Yeah, I lean for Texas for me. Uh, you, you mentioned. I mean, Texas Tech has kind of owned Texas a little bit here, as a at least very recent three straight wins for for the Red Raiders. There, it's. I'm not questioning Texas Tech's motivation. Obviously, they're at the t- tied to of the standings with Kansas State, so there's no doubt. in My opinion, they're going to be. Motivated, they looked really good on the road against TCU. A lot of people, the market was against them on Saturday, and Texas Tech came through with a double-digit win there. I, I just, I'd rather take the points here. Uh, AJ mentioned it, Texas. It's tough getting margin on this team. They've covered eight of their last nine games, and the dog roll the last couple of years. They're fifteen and five against the spread. The worry I have, and, and and if Sleepy ends up winning, I you know I worry Texas Tech. I mean, it's a team already down one player, a key player, in Roach. One day rest, traveling—that would be a concern of mine. So, a lean on Texas for me, plus eight and a half. Lean AJ Hoffman, Texas plus eight and a half. Sleepy, any uh, rebute there?
2: I think the only big question I have here for the Texas backers is: When's the last time they actually seen a defense
1: this good? Well, back- I mean, they're the best defense in the country. They're, they haven't seen a defense that good.
2: But I'm talking about like even remotely close, like in like their last eight games. Because I would rather back a team getting points. If they've played some decent defensive teams you know over the last couple games but I just have a feeling when I looked at the schedule that it looked like you know that they just haven't seen the actual good defense in quite some time and I just worry going on the road seeing an elite defense it's like oh wow now they need to worry about making adjustments so uh, that was my only real question with Texas.
1: I think the only I mean elite defense that they've seen in, in conference play other than Texas Tech is, is probably Kansas State. Oklahoma is a good defensive team. I don't know if I would call them an elite defensive team uh, but ironically both those teams beat Texas so it's uh, yeah. but they, they I think Texas covered against both of them though so it's, uh, it, it's it's a tough call. I just I've said this before on this podcast I know I have. I don't like laying big numbers with Texas Tech because the, the games tend to be so low scoring that it's hard for it's hard for them to really pull away because th- those there's just not a lot of room for for those big numbers to get in eight and a half that you're getting up there around a, a really big number so that's a but, but like I said they've just blown the doors I blew the doors off Kansas in that building they blew the doors off Baylor in that building they are getting margin it's just it's a, it's a scary spot for me and and again we mentioned Texas, Kind of needing this win here. I mean, Tech. It would be nice for them to win the Big Twelve, uh, the Big Twelve regular season title, but they know they're in the tournament. This is a, this is a really really important game for Texas.
0: Yeah, I mean, I had those concerns with Texas Tech. Although I'll say this, in the last three weeks, they've shown something offensive. I mean, they're yep. they're getting eighty plus points in every game now. Mm-hmm. I mean, the light switch is kind of you know turned on for them. You know, just looking into a Texas, I think l- looking at the bracket projections still maybe a 10 or 11 line so uh, i i think they absolutely they're not going to win this one i don't think uh maybe they'll cover that's why i lean with them but you know tcu at home i think is a must for them but uh, i don't think they can drop that that finale coming up for that uh, any closing thoughts sleepy no again best bet sleepy texas tech minus eight and a half a.j hoffman and brad powers lean on texas plus the eight and a half any closing thoughts a.j
1: Uh, That's it for me.
0: All right, we're moving along here. Tuesday night, ranked-on-ranked matchup here. Number 20, Virginia Tech, fresh off the outright upset over Duke at number 18, Florida State. And, whoa, Nelly, how about this? Not only do we have a double like, but A.J. Hoffman comes in with a best bet. Who are you on Oh. We'll hit some. You need some blossom?
1: No, we don't need any music. God no. Nope. I mean, listen, no. No music. These, my, my best bets. My best bets don't warrant blossom these days. I've lost three in a row. People are uh, people are questioning whether I belong on the Dream Podcast. So I've got to. I'm, I'm going to take a step back and I'll just go a musicless best bet. Uh, it, I, I like the Seminoles minus four here. When I was capping this game, Virginia. When I cap Virginia Tech in general, I tend to look how the opponent did against Virginia because Virginia Tech, at least offensively is UVA light. They're a good three-point shooting team. They play at a really slow tempo. They're both in the top 10 offensive efficiency. And when you look at what UVA did to Florida State, they beat them by 13 back in the conference opener. But while Virginia Tech's numbers comp to UVA season long, they've not been the same offensive team since they lost Justin Robinson. They're just 5-3 and three in that span. And the wins... These are the wins in that 5-3 and three span without Justin Robinson. The one win was the 47-24, just head-scratching win over North Carolina State that I'll never understand how that game happened for either team. Uh, they beat Zionless Duke, and then they beat the three worst teams in the conference, Georgia Tech, Pitt, and Notre Dame. Florida State, they've they've not been covering lately, failed to cover in their last three, but with a still hobbled offense, no shot blocker to keep Florida State from having their way inside. I like the Noles here. Best bet, Florida State minus four.
2: Sleepy, you're coming in on a like on the Noles. I'm going to make my, my handicap kind of general because AJ covered a, a large portion of uh, some of the thoughts that I had. Small number here, to obviously, to lay here with FSU, minus four, minus three, somewhere in that area. Florida State's been really solid at home. Closest game they had was to Duke, and they lost that game. It was two points, though. It was a razor-close game.
0: That's their only loss at home all year. That's the
2: only one. So yeah. I, I think that at home, this team just performed so much better. Virginia Tech coming off a monster home win against Duke. It spells letdown for me, but they haven't played Virginia Tech in like a week. You don't want to give a team an entire week to sit back and think about how amazing and how great they are because they just beat Duke. and Now you're sending them on the road. Now Blackshear, obviously, he's probably one of the best players for Virginia Tech, but I think FSU has guys that can actually get in his face, guard him, and limit him. I think if Blackshear is limited in this game, Florida State will cover the number. You know what my worry, guys?
0: Because I I uh, come up with these lines. If we all have a like, and someone has a best bet, maybe I'm a little short here uh, on this number. But you know, going off what AJ and Sleepy have said, you know, I it probably would have been best bet material for me. I'd have preferred Virginia Tech not have a, a week off because it's a shorthand of Virginia te- Tech team. And what's Florida State's strength is their bench minutes. I mean, they're a very deep team and. You know, if Virginia Tech only had three, three days of rest instead of six days, I, I think this would have been best bet material for me. But like Sleepy said, uh, at home, Florida State's been dynamite, especially with a low spread here. Uh, I think we're buying Florida State a little low. Keep in mind the Noles, uh have failed to cover the number in three straight games where they still won 10 of their last 11. So I like that. I think Virginia Tech's going to be a little overrated in the marketplace after the Duke upset. Prior to that, they had only covered four of their previous 13 games. Full agreement for me. Like on Florida State minus the four. Any closing thoughts, AJ?
1: No, you mentioned in, you know the lines and and how you know when we all three like it and it's uh it it's still you know a best bet for one of us. I, I think that was the case with North Carolina last week, and you had that number at five and a half. That that number opened at four and a half, and was at four. So I I yep. I, I mean maybe. You, you may be on to something with it, but I, I think on this one, I, that's kind of it's the number that I was expecting you to send over. So right. normally when I get those numbers, I'll send you a text and be like, hey, what, what are, you, are you sure about that number? Uh, or, or was this number, did you expect to come in higher? But yeah, that's the number I expected. I, I think that's probably a pretty solid number there.
0: All right, and again, recapping it, best bet, H. A. Hoffman going music I, I will not be doing the same in case you're wondering where my best bet is. It's actually the final game we're going to discuss. I went off the board here. Uh, on a thursday i almost game. did yeah it's going to be getting that time i mean conference tournament and conference boy, tournament now that i'm season. thinking about it and, I, and this shows you guys that we don't edit because i'm doing a little brainstorming here i don't know how we're going to be doing podcasts after this week every day <laughs> yeah I, <laughs> right. I will have to think about that and maybe it's just just some general thoughts you know sleeper teams in particular conferences but, but obviously, with games happening every single day, yeah. you have short turnarounds as far as the lines being posted. Yeah, uh, That's awfully tough to do. We can't do one projecting forward because we don't have the results. So right. we might just be doing some general conference overall thoughts. Uh, I'll have to talk with RJ on that one. Double like Florida State minus the four at home. Best bet, A.J. Hoffman, Florida State. That is a Tuesday night game. Best bet for A.J. on Florida State. Staying on Tuesday night. Number four, Kentucky on the road at Ole Miss. We'll call the line Kentucky a six-point road favorite. And what do you know, A dub, another game with a double like. I'll lead it off here. I like Kentucky minus the six, dominating the series, nine straight wins. They've covered six of the last seven against the Rebels. And my number one factor, I mean, Kentucky's off their worst performance since the opener when they got crushed by Duke. They went on the road to Knoxville, got their teeth kicked down their throat. It happens. I like Tennessee in that one, I, so I wasn't you know, overly surprised. Of course, I didn't expect a 19-point loss, but I'm not surprised that, that Tennessee handled them. I mean, Kentucky shot 32% from the field, their worst mark of the entire season so far. Sometimes you have one of those nights when it comes to hoops. You know, I wonder the energy level, Ole Miss will be fired up. Kentucky's in town, but they played three straight close games, and you got to be 100% if you're going to face it, what I believe is going to be a very motivated Kentucky team. So I'll take the Wildcats, bounce-back spot for them, give me Kentucky like minus six. What say you, A.J. Hoffman?
1: Yeah, you'll get agreement from me. They're coming off that it's got to be a humbling loss uh, to Tennessee. But Ole Miss, I mean, you talk about heartbreak. Their their last two games, the final seconds to Tennessee and their fans throw all the crap on the court, throwing things at the Tennessee players, and then another loss in the final seconds at Arkansas. I think Arkansas went ahead in that game with like four seconds left. Uh, you got to wonder how much energy that's drained out of Ole Miss. And they've, Ole Miss has had sort of a media circus around them lately with the players kneeling. It's just, They're getting a mm, lot more attention, good point. and they're playing these tough games. It just seems like that's the kind of stuff that will take a toll on a team. Uh, it, Kentucky's won nine straight in this matchup. Only two of those nine games were by single digits. Uh, Kentucky, is, is they're back in a dogfight for seeding now. I mean, we, we would have said you know, a week ago that they were a lock one seed. And now that's not the case anymore. They're going to want to impress coming off that blowout loss. They've got too much size and physicality for Ole Miss. I like Kentucky minus the six here.
0: Sleepy, you don't have an opinion on this one? No, nothing. Fair enough. Again, I don't have much more to add to that. I I agree with AJ as far as, you know, Kentucky, I thought was, you know, heading towards that number one seed. The fact they lost by 19. I mean, they got some work to do. North Carolina continues to win. But unfortunately for AJ, not cover against Clemson. Ooh, that, that hurt. Ugh, uh, sorry to bring that up. That, that was bad of me. Yeah, uh, obviously got you know Michigan State losing probably helps Kentucky's uh, claws. But if Sparty beats Michigan and sweeps them, then Michigan State's right in there for a mix. So I agree, there's still work to be done for Kentucky. And you know maybe if you know whoever if they meet up in the SEC tournament, the, the winner of maybe the uh, the third meeting between Tennessee and Kentucky will possibly decide who's that number one seed. Uh, no, no, again, I think that's a pretty straightforward handicap. Anytime you can take a team like Kentucky off a really bad performance, a program like that, I mean, just the expectation is they're going to bounce back. So uh, I think that's a pretty straightforward one. Again, a double like on Kentucky, minus six on Tuesday night from AJ and myself. And, you know, Sleepy handed me a note coming up in a few games. We're taking a customer request on, Sleepy, you do a lot of totals. so. Mm-hmm. We'll have a little uh, Mountain West game total that you're looking at for the upcoming week. Again, that'll be a couple games from now. Moving along on Tuesday night, another SEC game. Mississippi State at the team who just crushed Kentucky. Number seven, Tennessee. We'll call the Vols right around an eight-point favorite. And what do you know? Wow, we're starting to sound like a broken record here. Uh, Another double like. A.J. Hoffman, who do you like in this one?
1: I like Mississippi State. Tennessee uh, coming off a blowout win over Kentucky. That, that broke a run of five straight losses against the spread. Mississippi State's 5-1 and one against the spread in their last six, including uh, that loss to Auburn. They covered that one as well. Uh, they, they were down 19 with under six minutes to go, but they, they had a big run by their guards. Uh, Quindari Weatherspoon and, and Tyson Carter got them all the way back into that game. And what that showed me is that, that team's still they're still fighting. They, they, that's, that team is not quitting on anything yet. And they're still a top 53-point shooting team, which is that's a weakness for Tennessee defen- defensively. And on the other end, the Bulldogs, they, they've got to lean on physicality. Uh, Reggie Perry and Abdul-Addo, they, they're the big men down there. They're, they're big enough and physical enough to limit Grant Williams, I think. The underdog in this matchup, 12-4 and four against the spread over the last 16 meetings. Uh, they're in a deadlock. The Bulldogs are for a, a double-buy in the SEC tournament right now with Auburn. Tennessee goes to Auburn next. So I, I expect we get max effort out of the Bulldogs here, who I think are maybe the most underrated team in the SEC. It's a team that we haven't talked about much on here, but no, we I think that's a pretty good team, and that they're they're a well-coached bunch, and they've got some nice players. Weatherspoon in particular is, a, is really impressive, and that dude can run it up when he needs to.
0: Yeah, this will be an interesting spot for Tennessee. Uh, I, home run spot for them over the weekend with the revenge. Now how do they handle expectations? Because uh, let's face it, prior to the Kentucky game, Tennessee – had been handling expectations well. Five straight non-covers for the Vols. Easy to get up for Kentucky at home in a big-time revenge spot. But how do you perform the game after against a really decent team? And uh, I mean, obviously, kudos for Tennessee for holding Kentucky to 32% from the field. But, uh, I mean, th- there's a partial randomness when it comes to... To making shots in basketball, it's almost like if you have that outlier where you only hit 30% from the field, it's similar to football where you had a five-turnover game and it just didn't go right for you on that particular night. So to me, that makes Tennessee a little overrated. You're right, Mississippi State doesn't get enough credit. This is a team that's clearly in the tournament, uh, probably right around a seven-seed type of, of team. They've won five of their last six games. They're not going to be overly intimidated here. I agree. You get agreement from me. Double like on Mississippi State plus the eight. A lot of agreement for me and A.J. I don't know if that's going to be a good thing or a bad thing here. (laughs) Looking at all our chips are all all on one. It's uh, easy to hedge if we're having some disagreement here. So, man, looking at Tuesday night, going to be an important night for the Mm -hmm. pregame podcast here. Considering we have three straight double likes and a couple best bets. Oh, brother.
2: If things don't go well, we might not have a Thursday podcast. I'll
0: have to. Yeah, we may
1: be <laughs> off the air. Right? Yeah,
0: r- reminder to self. Maybe avoid social media uh, on Tuesday night. Nah, we'll, we'll take it like a, a champ. Keep keep those comments coming. I like I like them for motivation. To be
1: perfectly frank with you guys, yeah. There. But don't. We got to say this though. Don't let don't lump Brad in with me. I mean, I've, I'm on a bad run, but Brad's actually been really sharp nah, lately. So you know, I, it,
0: premium picks, no. Uh, Podcast, I mean, if you just add up every... Because someone was just blowing. I mean, it was ridiculous. You acted like we were hitting. And even our best bets, you add up everyone. I think it's just slightly above 50%. Guys, and this is an important point. Because, you know, I'll say this if things are really going bad, and I'll say things when really are going good. I, I think there's been a big, big misperception because we had so many new listeners this past year, either straight out of Vegas, the podcast won, and everyone on those podcasts pretty much had historical, historical type seasons, both college and the NFL. What do I mean by historical? Sixty plus percent seasons. Yeah, and the and the gold contest, obviously everything. Gold you guys contest. Are talking about. I finished fourth in the Nugget. Yeah. I hit sixty eight percent in that. That's a college and NFL combined. Guys, I'll tell you, sixty eight percent. I could be doing this. I'm 35 years old. I could do this another 30 years and I might not have another season where I hit 68%. And I would say the chances of that are probably less than 50% out of 30 seasons to have another year like I just had in football. So those are outliers. Keep keep in mind, the whole goal here is 55%. What is 55%? That allows you to bet and do a make a living out of this. You can not necessarily retire if you don't have enough bankroll, but you can be one of those what three percent of all sports betters that actually makes money in this. That's the goal. That's legitimate. Fifty five percent is good. It's not bad, people. So again, that's your weekly reminder on that. On those that continue to think, you know, slightly above fifty percent just isn't cutting it. Ooh, Ooh. And so part of me wishes we didn't have. I mean, I love having what the success we had during football, but man, if we could have been maybe just a little slightly below. It's- it, it might have kept the bar has been reality. set pretty high. Yeah, the bar was set a little too high. And I'll, I'll, for those of you that are new, you know AJ's getting beat up here, and I feel for him because I was in his shoes a couple years ago. I was a new guy on the block. Fez and RJ, everyone knows who they are. Uh yeah, I think I went like I had a two and ten run on best bets in college football. So uh, it, it happens it's just one game uh, there's a randomness to it especially with a small sample size just because you go 10 and 2 doesn't make you the best handicapper in the world if you go 2 and 10 it doesn't make you the worst follow along all season and uh you know when you have hundreds and hundreds of, of games as far as a sample size then you can add it up and come up with an opinion but just judging us uh, on a couple best bets uh uh, uh. whether they win or lose it's uh, don't be overreacting that. So that, that's my little PSA. Sorry. I went off uh, script there a little bit. Any thoughts on that, AJ? I'm sorry.
1: Uh, no, I'm right there with you. It's frustrating for me. I don't like to lose either. And like I said, I had to go deliver a big fat envelope this morning myself. So when I lose, trust me, if you're, if you're losing on my picks, I'm losing too. And it doesn't feel good. And, and I don't like, I, I'm, I am new to having, you know, people on my picks, like in such a public manner, Uh, and, but I can think back and, and my host, my co-host here in Houston was telling me this every year. There's a run, you know, at some point where you're bad. And he reminded me, dude, every year you, you finish and, you know, in the, in the mid to high fifties in college basketball, what are you worried about? But it is, it, you know, when it's happening in a very public manner, it does sort of, it does sort of throw you off a little bit. It messes with you a little.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But I'll say this guys the month that matters the most we are in that month so if you win this month uh i i i can tell you this and this will be the day i die i'd rather have a winning month of march than a winning month of february when it comes to college basketball because uh there's a lot more eyes co- coming uh, with each passing week onto the sport of college who's particularly starting next week when conference tournaments start so moving along here again i was recapping it so i went a little off script double like mississippi state tuesday night uh, plus eight. At least I didn't go off script for about an hour. I uh, like the normal dream podcast. <laughs> turned into a four-hour podcast. Oh, my goodness. Mm. Uh, Tuesday night, and this is an AJ special here. Uh, he requested this one. He's got a strong opinion on Xavier at Butler. We'll call Butler a home favorite right around four points. You like this one. What say you, AJ?
1: Yeah, well, let me ask you first. Is, is, is Are either of these teams, in your opinion, still bubble teams?
0: Mm. I mean the way Xavier's playing the last two three weeks I mean they can play themselves onto the bubble but right now no I, I don't consider okay. either one right now
1: I, I would say it, it, neither team can afford to lose this game if they want to have any chance and, and I, I agree I, with I think that Butler may be out already, but Xavier I mean they're on the, a wild run and when when that run started was when they beat me on my best bet with that with uh, Creighton when Creighton had that game locked up and and they threw the ball into the backcourt and and basically just gave Xavier that game. Well, since then, they've just been on a roll. Five straight, straight-up wins as underdogs. Uh, they're, they're closing in on that bubble for sure because their recent wins are over other bubble teams. Seton Hall and St. John's both firmly on the bubble. Xavier's beat them both. They're 13-5 straight-up. 15 and five against the spread over the last uh, ten seasons. Xavier is against Butler. They have owned this this matchup historically, and uh, Xavier's only four and six straight up and against the spread on the road. But three of those four wins have come in their last four games. So they they started off poor on the road. They've been good on the road lately. And Butler, they may have lost their shot at the bubble. They've only won three games in their last ten. Xavier, the first matchup, won the rebounding battle, 40 to 29. Butler outshot them, forty-seven to thirty-nine on forty-seven percent to thirty-nine percent on field goals, forty-one percent to twenty-five mm-hmm. percent on three-pointers. The Musketeers were down ten with four minutes left, and and took their their first second-half lead. They took with three point two seconds left in the game, and they won the game by one. You would think, oh, this is such a revenge spot for Butler, but it feels like this Xavier team has new life, and Butler's just kind of stopped playing. I, I like Xavier plus four here.
0: Yeah, I don't have much to add to that. That's pretty much how I looked at it. I mean, two teams headed in opposite directions. Butler, you know, only two covers their last ten games, and usually, hey, sometimes I like buying teams low if I think they're mispriced in the marketplace. But when it comes to this time of year, sometimes you know, team season's over, and what's troubling done. Yeah, I mean, what's troubling is Butler's a, an experienced team. I think they're a team with what five seniors. Sleepy, we'll be talking about that at the end of the podcast, and, and they're just coming up short. You're right. I mean, Xavier. Their whole season changed around on a game they should have lost, and they won. And since then, they've been a completely different team. And it's not. And you're right. They've been. It's not like they've been beating the worst teams in the Big East. they've actually been beating the the best, including you know beating a team like Villanova. Villanova. Yeah. So a uh, lot to like about a Xavier. Uh, right now, for me though, it's just a lean on Xavier plus four. We'll see how important Senior Day is for Butler, but uh, a like for Xavier for AJ Hoffman. Lean Xavier. Plus four. And looking at it, you're right. I mean, if uh, if Xavier continues to win here, uh, th- then of course they can play. Well, they themselves. get St.
1: John's next.
0: Yeah, they win this they, one. They win St. John's. Then, then I think at that point they're they're heading in the, they they're heading on the bubble uh, long, of the Big East tournament.
1: Yeah, as long as they don't lose their first game in the Big East tournament, I, I think if so, if they win three games in a row now, I think they'll be in.
0: That's incredible. Because I mean, you th- at one point, I, I mean, prior to that Creighton game. I mean, they had lost they were six dead. straight. They were a dead team. You, you were thinking this is Xavier's worst team in, in a decade. So, uh, and they were heading towards a losing season. Forget the tournament. I mean, they were heading for 20 losses on the season. So a remarkable turnaround here for, for Xavier, unfortunately, at the expense of A.J. <laughs> Hoffman's best bet when yeah. he really started. Man, so, this reminds me of where I was in college football. It'd be like... Uh, you know, for bad beats, teams that were turning around on, on my bet. Prior to that, looked like a dead cat. You'll rebound, though. I'm telling you, if there's a time to get hot, it's right now in the month of March. Any closing thoughts on that one?
1: No, that's all I got, man.
0: Sleepy, you're coming in with a game we didn't even discuss here. You, you got a Twitter request, and I've gotten the, these requests here. And, and let me briefly say, hey, guys, I'm getting a lot of, hey, why don't you talk totals? Why don't you talk, you know, Sunbelt? Why don't you talk, you know, Conference USA? Guys, we didn't talk Conference USA or Sunbelt in football. I wanted to. We didn't, though. <laughs> and as hard as sides are to project three, four days in advance, totals are that much tougher. It's so. Tough, especially yeah. in
2: those conferences.
0: Yeah, in those conferences. So I, I hear you. I I want to talk smaller conferences. I hear you. That's where the value is. But also note that, I mean, we're talking to a broad audience here and people more like more than 50% of the people that are betting are betting these big games. They're betting the TV games. And uh, we'll we'll give the the majority what they want. But I, I, I hear you guys talking, wanting to talk some smaller conferences and some totals, but Quite frankly, the totals are almost way too difficult to project a couple days in advance. But there's one you're looking at in the Mountain West, Sleepy.
2: Yeah, and I imagine, obviously, with March Madness coming up in the conference tournaments, those guys will be getting some of those, you know, oddball games from us. So I I don't think there's really much for them to worry about. They'll probably get their fill of uh, screwball teams from from me, at least. So uh, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to jump on a total here. We're going to take Air Force and Nevada over. So we got kind of a primetime team there with Nevada. I project this total to be around 138, 139 last time these two teams played that's where the total opened up but it closed at 141 that game went way under brad 119 points total in that game i feel both teams are looking to go ahead and go up tempo in this game yeah air force stinks but they rattled off three straight wins last two games for air force they ran some pace they scored 82 and 80 points yeah they played some bad teams but a win's a win no matter how you win and i think that going to You know, playing Nevada, why would they want to change the style of what got them wins? And that's really been running some pace. Air Force, one of the worst interior teams in the nation, and Nevada, obviously, one of the best. Uh, I think Nevada coming off a road loss here, they're going to look to rebound. I think they're going to go ahead, they're going to look for some margin as well. And I expect, you know, Nevada probably be a double digit favorite in this game, maybe somewhere around 13 points. I mean, they were a 21 point home favorite when these teams first met. So uh, this game should be, you know, kind of high line. Big factor in the last game for me though, Nevada. Ice cold from downtown. Just five for twenty-seven from three-point land. That is not gonna happen again. Air Force number two hundred in three-point defense. Nevada, they rank number fifteen in three-point attempts. I like the fact that Air Force run and pace. Nevada, they're gonna be pissed, they're gonna be looking for margin. Both teams here, I think, run up-tempo. I think we're getting some line value because of how low the last game was. Uh, 138, 139 projected total. I think this one goes way over. I see this one hitting maybe around the 150. So Nevada Air Force over. That sounds I'm, good I'm, to uh,
1: me. I'm eager to see how Nevada responds yeah, to what to. just happened to them. Because, I mean, not just the the game and the, the loss, but all this, the court rush and apparently the fans touching players and – the there's tirades in the locker room and things like that I mean that's a Nevada you talk about an experienced team they're they're amongst the most experienced and they did not handle any of that very well at all I'm curious to see how they bounce back uh and and finish up this season well
2: I think if there was one place that they could possibly go where they'll get some respect and they won't get a whole lot of hecklers it would be probably a team like air force you know? i don't know man <laughs> Those, well where would you rather you guys were in the
0: service you didn't heckle people i watched the army navy game there's a lot of heckling <laughs> yeah
2: but it's i don't think it's to the point to where you know where they're at least a little reserved. they're not touching players yeah yeah. good point there. that's
1: that's point. that's the only thing i would say is that if but they're they also gonna go, not go ahead they're also not storming the court there at, at air force
0: no they're <laughs> if they do they deserve it because i agree with sleepy i mean that nevada going to be a 13 to 15 point favorite I'm anxious to see if Utah State and Nevada play again come Mountain West tournament time. Uh, again, that's uh, over. Sleepy, that's what you specialize in. You do a lot more totals than, than AJ and myself, although I do more totals come conference tournament time uh, and then also NCAA tournament when you're fishing for numbers and numbers are up there for multiple days and I can dive into stuff that much more with a fine-tooth comb. I play a lot more totals this time of year. Uh, and that was over 138 139 Air Force Nevada coming up on Tuesday. Moving along to Wednesday here, a couple more games left, and then we'll get my best bet at the end. Uh, Number ten Marquette who's struggling. Uh, We'll call the Golden Eagles a two-point road favorite at Seton Hall who's also struggling. Nothing big here, just a couple of leans. AJ Hoffman, who do you lean here?
1: Yeah, I lean with Marquette. I I don't feel good about it. They've kind of dropped back. They've dropped back to back games for the first time this season, and. They've dropped from likely being a two-seed to now they're hoping for a four, maybe.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, Seton Hall is just hoping to make the tournament at this point. They'd won three straight. Now they've lost three straight, including a double overtime game to Georgetown on Saturday. So you got to question their gas tank. Uh, the game at Marquette was close, 70-66. And it was still up for grabs in the final minute, but it was a really sloppy game. Marquette, 20 turnovers in that game. Hall had 17. Marcus Howard scored 26 in that game, but on 20 shots, so it was inefficient. He should be more efficient this time around. Seton Hall has Nova on deck, but I I don't know if you can really think about look ahead if you're no. if you're Seton Hall. Although, although maybe if you're Seton Hall, you can look at it as we have to win one of the next two games to get in, because maybe the strength of one of those two wins would be enough to get Seton Hall in. Uh, these two these are two teams that you're buying low right now. I, I just think that Marquette has. I, I trust them a little bit more to bounce back.
0: Yeah, I do, too. Uh, I mean, sometimes you've seen the swoons and you know, in the season. Villanova just went through one where they lost three straight, uh, and they've rebounded nicely, including a win over Marquette. Uh, first time Marquette's lost back-to-back games all year, and really uh, when they weren't playing St. John's earlier in the year, I mean, it was a team that was, what, like on a 20-0 and run when they're not playing St. John's, so... Just a couple of bad performances. I'd argue the Creighton games is uh, maybe one of their worst performances the entire season. I usually like playing off those outliers. I, I trust them, like A.J. said, a little bit more, but who knows? I mean, maybe Marquette's really hit the wall here. I mean, clearly they've overachieved uh, all year long, but it's not like I trust Seton Hall uh, off three straight losses and extended a lot of energy uh, against Georgetown over the weekend. So just a lean here and a very similar handicap to A.J., Both of us lean on Marquette minus the two as our line projection. Uh, I agree with you looking at it. I I think if Seton Hall just splits out these next two games, I think that'll be good enough as long as they don't lose first round Big East tournament. I think if they win one of these two and just win one game in the Big East tournament, I think they'll they'll be safe as far as the bubble goes. You agree with that, AJ?
1: Agreed.
0: All right. Fair enough. Moving along here. I'm just looking. Man, Tuesday night's going to be... Tuesday night is going to be a big night for for this podcast. Thursday night, let's talk that. uh, Ranked on ranked matchup, although it won't be when the AP poll comes out on Monday. Number 22, Iowa, uh, who will not be number 22 when the poll gets uh, released tomorrow. No. At at number 19, Wisconsin, we'll call the projected line here. The Badgers an eight-point home favorite. And here's another one where just a pair of leans here, but opposite. You know, I'll lead this one off. I'll lean Iowa. I don't think very many people are going to find this popular, but sometimes uh, I think when when no one wants to bet on a team, that's where the value is. I'll take Iowa plus eight, but, uh, I mean, there's some caveats here. Number one, I mean, Iowa looked lost without Fran McCaffrey, their head coach, against Rutgers. Shame on me for not releasing that game stronger. Uh, That that was easy. Uh, (laughs) Squeezy lemon pleasy on that one for the Scarlet Knights, who beat Iowa outright as a pretty big dog, and that one wasn't even close. You know, Iowa, at least in their last couple of games against the Buckeyes and Rutgers, they just look like a gas team, out, just out of energy. And it makes sense considering Iowa just played four straight games, decided basically on buzzer beaters overtime. A couple shots uh, Iowa made at the buzzer. They lost a the game by one point to Maryland. Uh, didn't look like they it had it, much left in the gas tank this past week. But, you know, with all that said, I don't want to lay eight points with Wisconsin right now. I mean, Wisconsin hasn't covered a game in their last six games, Wisconsin. This is right around the, the, the point spread, six, seven, eight points where I like to look at free throw shooting. And if I'm going to back a favorite laying this kind of number, they got to be a good free throw shooting team. And the reality is Wisconsin's pathetic. Are you kidding? How is this possible? Wisconsin's as a team shooting less than 65% from the free throw line. I'm, Wow, number 331 well, I mean, that's in the country. Ethan
1: Happ shoots like 15%. He's horrible. I mean,
0: I, how is that even freaking possible? I mean, that is a joke. A major Division 1 college team shooting that. That that is just pathetic to say the least. So, uh, I mean, for me I get it to well, be a...
1: We've seen them pull Happ off the floor in close games mm. like, against like legitimate opponents because they couldn't afford to have him out there shooting free throws.
0: And speaking of they, Ethan, I mean,
1: it, Go ahead. Maybe their best player, uh, you know, your, your best player, you got to take him off the floor in key moments.
0: Yeah, and senior night for him, so be a little emotional. Maybe they're flat a little early, but uh, we'll see. Just a lean for me because, I mean, it's tough trusting Iowa, but I certainly don't trust Wisconsin to lay this kind of number. I lean Iowa plus what we'll call the line projection plus eight. What say you, A.J.?
1: Well, it says me as it's just a lean for me too. I, I, I don't want any, if, if, when you sent this game, when you sent the games over, this is the one I, I wanted to just say pass. And I know we don't, you know, we can sleepy do gets, that. He gets to pass on, yeah. on the big 10 games. I damn sure would have liked <laughs> to say I pass. I hate the big 10 like sleepy does. That would have been the move, but I, uh, I was coming off an embarrassing loss to Rutgers and, and obviously not having their coach was a big deal. And, and but Wisconsin's on a 0-5 and 1 against the spread run. It, these teams played already, but it was back in November, so you can't really take much away from that. Uh, Iowa would love to get revenge, but I just can't imagine betting on them without that coach out there. They, and they've played a lot of close games. Uh, Rutgers, that, that game makes you wonder if they're just out of gas, you know. And I, if well, I don't think Wisconsin will take half out of a free throw game on Senior Night, but he is a disaster at the line. It just seems like too many points, so that's that's why I don't want any part of it, but I also don't want any part of Iowa's. It's just, just a lean Wisconsin minus eight for me, and, it, and it's probably my weakest lean, weakest handicap on this card. I have no idea what you're going to get out of either one of those teams.
0: Mm, fair enough. Man. You can agreement at least on that point. Uh, again, split decision there. Just leans. This might be one that you want to lay off on a, a little bit, guys, and uh, maybe it's something in game because I'll tell you this. Uh, if... I If Iowa doesn't have it early, uh, I think you can take it uh, to the bank that they're not a team that's going to come back. I think they could lay down like a dead cat without their head coach for another game here. So, I mean, if Wisconsin's looking pretty good, and by early, I mean early. I mean, first four or five minutes, sometimes you could tell if Iowa's got it or not. So uh, maybe an in-game opportunity on that one. Moving along, just a couple games left, and then we'll get to uh, just one game left, and then we'll get to my best bet, which is a Thursday game. I'm very anxious to hear uh, A.J.'s thoughts on this one. Number 23 Cincinnati on Thursday nights at UCF will call UCF a three-point home favorite. I got to say, I almost released Houston over the weekend. I just thought, hey, home run spot. They've been a bad matchup for UCF as of late. Hey, game days there, they're going to be fired up. But you know what kept me off of it? He didn't have a like on it. He didn't have a best bet on it, but he had a lean. On UCF, plus the points, I didn't see very many people on that. And the fact that he broadcast a daily show in the number four market, Houston, and he was fading him in that big game a little bit. Mm-hmm. You, Mr. A.J. Hoffman, kept me off that game.
1: Oh, I w- saved you some you money? Say- yeah,
0: you saved me one. Thank <laughs> God you did because it wasn't a good weekend uh, for Mr. Brad Powers. But, uh, you know, what's your thoughts on, you know, UCF? Did, did that clinch a, a bit for them? And what's your thoughts on this game? Another big game for them uh, hosting Cincinnati on Thursday.
1: Yeah, I, I do think it clinched a bid for them. Uh, I, so I wonder if we get a confident team or a, a fat and happy team. Mm. The, what I what I do think though is I think Cincinnati's kind of been in coast mode for a while now, uh, and they're they're 0 and 2 straight up and against the spread as an underdog this year. UCF's 13-8 and 1 as a favorite, and home court's been good for Central Florida lately. Three straight wins covers after starting conference play 0 and 5 against the spread at home. They've kind of figured it out, and, and Central Florida's a better offensive team than Cincinnati. And they've improved defensively. The key moment or the key portion of that uh game was about a minute left in the first half, till about five minutes into the second half, uh went scoreless. Mm-hmm. Central Florida just shut it down, zero points in six minutes of clock time for uh for uh. So their defense is getting better. Cincinnati's dominated this series historically. That's why it's just a lean for me. But I, I kind of lean on Central Florida here, and you know? I'd give the three.
0: Yeah, and speaking of series trends, you mentioned Cincinnati's 10 uh, of the last 11 against UCF. It's no surprise if you follow these two teams, very defensive-oriented, slower-paced offensively. The unders come in 10 of the last 11 meetings between these two teams, and that's where I might have a look here. I mean, it's going to be a low total, probably, what, 125-ish, upper 120s. Sleepy, you're Mr. Total. Would you agree on that one? Yeah, yep. Yeah, even that, a lot of people don't like betting unders on the lowest totals on the board, but I can tell you uh, a lot of times it it can be profitable betting over on the highest total on the board and under on the lowest total. And, I mean, they only combined for 115 in the first matchup. You're right. You mentioned Cincinnati's kind of been coasting. They've been pretty much a big favorite in a lot of those games. I mean, I think we're buying them low. They haven't covered a number in six straight games, but they've won five of them. And, obviously, now Cincinnati will be getting points. And I'll sell UCF high uh, here because, I mean, they're making it out. That was their biggest win in program history. Uh, got them to 20 wins, probably got them to, to yeah, an NCAA berth. I'll fade them in this spot, Cincinnati getting a little disrespected. But I, I don't like it uh, just because, I mean, both teams are very similar. Cincinnati's been playing a bunch of close games down the stretch here. Uh, and Cincinnati, I thought, because they're not an underdog too often, I thought, hey, maybe in the underdog role they perform well. No, they don't. I mean, last four years in the dog role, they're only 4-9 against the number. So that, that would have me only leaning Cincinnati here plus 3. A.J. Hoffman leaning UCF minus 3. You got an opinion on this one, Sleepy?
2: I haven't seen Taco Fall like actually play a full game. I watched that game <laughs> the other day. Dude, that guy's a monster. He doesn't even have to jump to touch the rim. And if you watch <laughs> that game, Houston had no answer when they got inside it was like let's run in and see if we can get in. He's like oh there he is run inside try to get there he is Which again. was
0: totally different from what you've seen the last few meetings. Why was that? Uh, I mean, Because they've taken tackle Fall out of the lineup their last uh, meetings AJ.
1: I think they realized that, they, that they, they were taking him out and they were having no success with him off the floor I think they needed to, to make the game a little bit more physical and they needed to have a better inside presence and I, I think he was a factor in that.
2: And I think a big deal coming into this game is the fact that If you can't get in the inside on that team and and you really just don't get a clear look at the basket, you better have a good team that can shoot from the outside. And when I looked at this game, Cincinnati, they're not really all that great shooting from the outside. So uh, I would probably just stay away from the game if it were me. But as Brad mentioned, UCF coming off a monster win. So I'm going to pass. But that Taco Fall guy, I just wonder where he (laughs) goes and what kind of trouble he can create in the NBA because that dude's a monster.
0: I think it's good for college basketball that UCF is going to be in the tournament with Taco Fall.
2: It's going to be cool. I can't so, wait to see uh, that.
0: That'll be good for at least the novice people out there that follow the sport to, to get their first look at, at Taco Fall. Any closing thoughts? I think both teams are in. Uh, Houston's obviously in, but I, I think you can kiss Houston. Now Houston's got to you know, be careful here because you know, one thing we didn't mention, Cincinnati's got Houston on deck at home mm-hmm. on the weekend. So yep. uh, that, that's a concern on why it's not a like for me. Uh, obviously, Cincinnati. If I mean, if they win their next two games, I mean, Cincinnati could I mean, move themselves up a couple of seeds with the wins there. I, I think Houston now is firmly three-four line, but but could that, I mean they're at Cincinnati is not going to be easy coming up here on the weekend. So uh, Houston, we thought maybe could get to the two spot. I think that's long gone now. They needed that to to win that game against UCF. Yeah,
1: I think three three tops is, yeah. is where they can get. Agree.
0: So just recapping it, lean UCF. For AJ Hoffman, lean Cincinnati for me. Projected line plus three. That's gonna do it for the podcast,
1: right, guys? No, no, it's not. No, no. I still got a best bet. No, some. Yeah, you're gonna have to carry me through with a best bet. All right, All right. so hit me up with. I'll tell you this though. We gotta play Blossom.
0: We're gonna play Blossom, but to. if I lose this week with Blossom, I want my Macho Man Randy Savage on Thursday. But right. we're not gonna lose this one. Hit me up. All right, here we go. Thursday night action. I went off the board for this one. I I, I looked long and hard on the games Monday through Thursday. I'm going to go to the Pac-12. I haven't found the Pac-12 a lot here as of late. I'm going to go best bet Colorado over UCLA. They're hosting the Bruins. Call it right around 5. I'll take it up to 7. The Buffaloes minus 5 best bet. Here's what I see with UCLA. Uh, UCLA just played 3 straight home games. UCLA just won three straight games in a row. UCLA just won three straight coin flips in a row uh, and changed a couple of plays in any of those, and they could have went one and two. I mean, they rallied from 19 points down against Oregon, overtime win over USC, one-point win over Oregon State. And, and just think of UCLA, instead of going 3-0, and you know, heads came up on their coin flip and all of them say they go one and two, what would have been the perception of this UCLA team? Well, it'd been a team just playing out the season with an interim coach. It's not like they were showing anything really prior to that home stretch. So uh, I think it'll be a different team on the road. And speaking of home away dichotomy, I mean, Ken Palm has Colorado, not Duke, not in front of Cameron Indoor, not Rupp Arena, Kentucky, but actually Colorado with the best home court advantage of any team out of 353 in college hoops. And Colorado's playing some of their best ball this the season. I mean, outside of a road trip uh, up to Washington where they lost those two games, I mean, they've won and covered six of their last eight. So uh, the Buffaloes here, I think it's a relatively probably cheap shouldn't, number. Go ahead.
1: Probably shouldn't gloss over a loss to Washington State. That's, yeah, that, probably uh, that's not. A, but at that time, Washington uh,
0: State, I think, had won uh, I think they were coming on a little bit. I know I shouldn't gloss. I mean, man, AJ keeping me on my <laughs> heels here. I
1: don't well, think- I, I'll say, I'll say this for you: I I, uh, I got beat by by Colorado at home this weekend because uh, road Utah has been pretty good. Yeah, and uh, I mean, it was a, a I think it was within two points of the number, but Colorado got the best of Utah there. Uh, I one of my the thing that's most interesting about this game is when it's going to be played. Thursday, at uh, it's at 9 o'clock Eastern time, so it's I guess it's uh, 6 o'clock out there for you guys. You know what time we record our podcast on Thursday? It's 6.30 Pacific time. Oh, wow. So that game is going to be going on while we record our Thursday podcast.
0: So I'll be a very nervous if you sense uh, <laughs> a little bit of quiverness in my voice on Thursday. That'll be the reason. <laughs> I'll give, I'll give I did it. not I you know what I didn't think of that. Although I'll say this guys, I'm looking cuz I'm not a fan of either the California the LA schools and, and both of them are making that, you know, road trip to to altitude Colorado and Utah on the final weekend. Both USC and UCLA are kind of playing out the uh, the season in my opinion v- both very disappointing. Uh, I I'm going to have a few premium picks. Uh, hint hint wink wink uh you know the, Baden, USC and UCLA, uh, coming up here on Thursday and and the weekend. So uh, Colorado, for me, best bet. Buffalo's minus five on Thursday. Before we get out of here, Sleepy, you've been doing some great work here as far as the senior day. I I think, you know, you brought it up. We made a bet. I'm wondering if you'd have done all the homework had we not made a bet on it. But kudos to you. You beat me. Uh, The bet on the last podcast was – I think, what, eight seniors? I said, no way. There's not a team with eight seniors, and there was a few of them. But you actually dived deeper and looked at at all the teams with five seniors coming up and and all the senior days that are happening this week. Tell me a little bit more about that.
2: Yeah, so we're going to have a bunch of games here with upcoming senior days. We actually have a couple coming up on Tuesday couple coming up wednesday and thursday one on friday so we asked for some help on twitter obviously it's a lot of work you know to try to get all this stuff done handicap these games i pass this information along to you guys i said i would i would definitely shout out some of the guys that helped us and i'm going to tell you guys what i'm going to do here we have three games on tuesday two on wednesday two on thursday one on friday i'm going to handicap each and every single game and even if those games don't have anything important as far as, you know, what, what the senior days are involved with here and all that, uh, I'm still going to give out a handicap. I'll put that on Twitter. I'm definitely going to put that in the pregame.com forums. Now, obviously, Twitter, you can only, what is it, 180 characters? 280. 280. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, maybe I can squeeze a handicap in there. But anyway, I'm still going to put that in the pregame.com form And uh, I'm going to tweet out the list. You guys will see it, the days, and uh, highlighted them by color. And you guys will get some solid information. And if you guys are looking for screwball teams, guess what? You got them. You got Har- uh, Harford, Stony Brook, Long Beach. Southern Utah, there's a lot of good teams uh, that I like in in this list here, but you guys are going to get a full handicap on each and every single game. And then when we pick up again on Thursday, we're going to go through the Saturday card. I'm going to give you guys out for helping me out. Each and every game, I'm going to handicap them all and put them on Twitter or pregame.com. How do you follow you on Twitter? At sleepyj underscore pregame. Let me give out... Uh, a couple of the guys that were really, really helpful: CV twenty eight, Victor H, Drew Christo. Uh, I have a star by his name. That guy was—he was pretty, pretty good. He was money. And uh, Ian Covert. And if I'm missing anybody who, uh, you know, threw in some tidbits there and helped, seriously, thank you. And uh, you know, you you're only helping me, Brad and AJ when when I get to pass this information along. So thanks again.
0: I want uh, a little bit of homework. I want to see how those uh, teams are doing. At least uh, you know the ones Tuesday, and Wednesday, to see if we're finding some trends for the weekend. All right. Cool. All right. And if there's any results, you can post them and follow Sleepy on Twitter at Sleepy underscore pregame. You can follow AJ Hoffman at AJ is the real. Any closing thoughts before I recap what our best bets were, AJ?
1: No, I'll be praying for us on Tuesday.
0: Tuesday's <laughs> gonna be a big one. First Monday, Sleepy <laughs> J's best bet. Texas Tech minus eight and a half. Tuesday, AJ Hoffman best bet, Florida State minus four. And I think on Tuesday, I'm just going back through it. Three games, three games on Tuesdays with at least a double like. That'll be a big one for us here. And then finally, best bet for me Thursday night as we're taping the <laughs> the next podcast will be on Colorado minus five over UCLA on Thursday. Again, taping this on Sunday. Good luck through the course of Monday through Thursday. And we'll be back with you guys on Friday morning. Take care and have a profitable week. We'll be talking to you next time.